Hey everyone, it is Lonnie and I just want to give you a quick heads up. We are about to discuss Black Panther fully spoiled. So if you have not seen the movie yet, save this episode, run to a theater, watch it immediately. Trust me, it'll be worth it. Then come back and listen to me and Joshua talk about Black Panther with Sister K of Sister Speak Productions. Hi, and welcome to Listen Up A-Holes, the only Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast that looks like a Bugatti spaceship. I'm story expert Lonnie Diane Rich of Chipperish Media. And I'm Joshua Unruh, superhero scholar from Pulp Diction Productions. Together, we're working our way through the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So listen up, A-Holes. We're going to give a hot take on Black Panther. All right, so this is our first hot take, which is a movie came out. We saw it in the theaters. Each of us has seen it once, except for Joshua, who saw it twice. Um, and we have a special guest with us this week to discuss Black Panther, which is one of the biggest blowing the doors off hits that Marvel has had so far. Um, we have Sista K with us of Sista Speaks Productions. Sista K, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I'm so excited to have you here. Now, can you tell everybody a little bit about all of the incredible podcasts that you guys do over at Sister Speak Productions? Yes. Well, we have we started in 2007, so quite a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, with reality TV, we talked about all things Big Brother and Survivor. And then we kind of morphed into other TV shows that we love because we're both TV junkies. So we did Fringe back in the day. We did True Blood, moved on to Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. <clears throat> we just talk TV from a mm -hmm. point of view, a black woman's perspective. And there's things that we see or think about that um, are a little bit different. And we just wanted to talk about those things. Oh, that's so fantastic. And I love you guys have so many podcasts, so many things that you talk about. They're just really, really great. Thank you so much. And we're so glad to have you with us to talk about Black Panther, because it was such an incredible experience. And I would love to hear, Sister Kay, what you thought about <laughs> it, you know, uh, after your first viewing, like, how did you feel about this movie? Oh, my gosh, I loved every second of it. You know, in some mm -hmm. movies, um, there's like, lulls. Yeah, lulls to me in any parts, even when there was no action, I was very interested in what was going on between the characters and their personal relationships. Mm -hmm. But then when the action hit, I was all in the action as well. <clears throat> it just had me from the very beginning to the very, very end. Plus, on top of that, it had a, a predominantly black cast, which you don't see very often, which mm -hmm. um, I just loved. And just the feeling that it gave me when I left the theater was amazing. Yeah, it was kind of it was wonderful. I, I brought my daughters to it. And you know, I mean, from a, a just a female perspective to see women treated the way they were treated in this movie, that they didn't have to pay for their power with either their femininity or their dignity, mm -hmm. um, to me was this revolutionary experience. Now, Joshua, as a comic book nerd, <laughs> and you know, we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and call it a white man. How was the experience for you going in to see Black Panther? What? I'm white? Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drop it on you. We were, we were going to break it to you easily. 
<laughs> I'm a comic book nerd. Both of those things are so obvious that it's a joke. No, this was great. I mean, I am on record for some time, even before we started doing Listen Up A-Holes, that I was ready for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be less mm-hmm. straight, white, and male. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in this space for a while, and to see that opportunity not just realized, but just like all the doors blown off of it, right? Because it's not just um, predominantly black cast. It's like a 99.9%. There's, you know, <laughs> two white people in it, you know. Um, exactly. <laughs> and and to have everyone just so bring their A game, you know, to this movie from the actors to Ryan Coogler uh, to the costume. It, it was it was huge. I actually discovered and and this is a little weird. So I'm going to confess a weird thing. The week or so before I got to see it, I had like a little anxiety about Black Panther. Yeah, really. And I realized it was because the back of my mind knew that it needed to be like the Obama of Marvel movies. Right. Like where it needed to be 10 times better to, you know, I just, I wanted it to be above reproach on every level so that I, there was no part I'm defending. Like I could just go Black Panther's great mm-hmm. and with no caveats and man, did it deliver on that. It was huge. So. Yeah, it was really wonderful. Um, so Sister Kay, um, are you, do you do Marvel much? Are you ordinarily into like the superhero <laughs> thing? I love that. Do I Marvel Do much? you Marvel much? <laughs> I do. I you know what? I do like the Marvel movies for the most part. I watch Agents of Shield although I'm very behind. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the season yet. And um <clears throat> I don't know. I just really like this the characters um and how they relate to each other more so than the action. Mhm of them fighting a bad guy or whatever. Um but I do like the movies. I haven't seen all of them. Like Thor, I really didn't you're good i'm good <laughs> I, did, I did like that's ragnarok. the that's the official listen up a-holes position exactly. is that really? until ragnarok you're good right. and you know when um captain america first came out the first one it took me a while to get into it i remember trying to watch it when it came on netflix i didn't see it in the theater thinking i can't get into this but then something happened and i just sat and watched through the whole thing and i really enjoyed it and then of course the second one so it's yeah i i really do like um, the Marvel movies and all of these um, superhero movies are a lot of fun. But again, like you were saying, Lonnie, it, not enough women mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. the, the men yeah, me either, saving a, a damsel in distress or like Iron Man's got to save Pepper. And from the, that one last, whatever that last one was right. where he had to save her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, come on. Pepper can I mean, save she herself. Save herself. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> if Disney needs a self-rescuing princess, well, I would have said Pepper before this movie, but now we have Shuri and everything is fine. Oh, my yeah. God. Shuri. Yeah. Shuri is amazing. Love her. Oh, my God. They're, they're all amazing. I love so much the way the women in this movie just possess their own power. And in their different ways. Mm-hmm. In different ways, too. Yes. Because each woman is different. No one's going to, you know, carry themselves the same. Mm-hmm. So some have strength. Shuri has her intelligence mm-hmm. and her just like infectious, seem like thirst for life and to discover and discovery mm-hmm. and learning and teaching. And I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, here we have the princess who is a scientist in charge of her own lab. It was that moment for me was 
just blew me away because I'm so used to the princess being just the princess, you know, that her mm-hmm. whole job is to be the princess. And then of course, to find a prince to marry her and all of this stuff. But then when we went into the lab and she was running that thing, it, for me, I was blown away by that moment. It was so incredible. And it, it was at that moment, like throughout the whole thing, I felt like, okay, we're doing good here. We're doing good. We've got these powerful, you know, female warriors. We've got all this stuff going on. And when she was running that lab and building all of the stuff, I was like, that's exactly the princess I want. I want a princess who has her own thing going on. She's a STEM princess, you know, it was great. And people didn't treat her like a princess. They didn't talk to her like a princess. You know, they talked to her like a scientist. Yes. That was one of the best parts too, is that they were just, it was just natural. That's just who she was. Mm -hmm. No explanation, no, you know, apologies. That's just, yep, that's her. Mm -hmm. There was one, there was one character that didn't quite like, seem to like it, but. Yeah, yeah. Yes, M'Baku M'Baku. apparently had some issues with that. Yeah. (laughs) Although she was on the list of things he had a problem with, but not at the top of it. Yes. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he had some other axes to grind before he could get to Shuri. Definitely, definitely did. Um, So, Sister Kay, because you were talking about how, you know, a lot of the podcasts that you have been doing, like a lot of it is this, this black woman's perspective that... Privilege blinds you to things that happen in movies, that happen in TV, that you just don't see because you've got that privilege. Now, you as a black woman, I'm kind of curious. Um, this movie is obviously, you know, an outlier for the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've just finished, as as you know, phase one of the movies. And Joshua and I have gotten to a number of discussions about treatment of women, treatment of people of color, treatment of Jewish people, or the lack thereof of acknowledging, you know, in Captain America, for instance, the, the Jewish genocide. So um, I'm kind of interested in like overall in the Marvel movies that you've seen um, what have you picked up on as far as as the kinds of things that you see that maybe a lot of people are, are more blinded to well I mean the the people of color are sidekicks yeah that's it they're funny they make jokes they come to rescue their the hero when he needs rescuing mm-hmm. but that's it they don't have any they haven't built that character out any of them really mm-hmm. that I've noticed. Um, so we don't know a whole lot about them. There's not a, a lot of backstory. They're just supposed to be there to support the hero and help him through whatever mission they're going through. And that's about it. Right. And we haven't had a lot of, of that. Mm-hmm. The one thing I like about agents of shield, but they can explore this a lot better on a TV show because they mm-hmm. have more time is they do yeah. have um, backstories for their characters of color. And there Mm -hmm. are a lot of characters of color that seem to have equal billing. I mean, at times, not all the Mm -hmm. time, but we'll have you a little arc of about five over here and you can have an arc of about six or so episodes over here. But you know what I mean? It's still better than nothing, but that's what I noticed mostly. And that's kind of true with a lot of any movie, really. Um, Yeah. This, you know, the the black woman is always supposed to be funny and a sidekick, but not too cute to overshadow the the lead. And mm-hmm. um, there are stereotypes that are always invoked. And for the men, they're always there to help support and lift up the the, the lead guy of the story. And so that's what's so refreshing about Black Panther is that we don't have that. 
We're just here telling, right. talking about these characters in this story and Wakanda and how this affects the world and how it, what they're doing is not affecting the world, actually, and um, trying to hide <laughs> it. So it just is a big, it's just refreshing to me. And to see people of color on screen where you don't have to think about, okay, they're going to, like you said, die first, or they're just the sidekick. <laughs> that was the one thing that I thought was really cool that Everett really was the sidekick. He was the token um, character that had to kind of fit in. Mm-hmm. And of course, he didn't get that, really, because he's never had to feel that. So that's why that, right, <clears throat> right. you know, he didn't quite get that, I don't think, at first. I think even the writers felt that way about Mm -hmm. him because there were a couple of different times when it was like, where's Agent Frost? (laughs) I locked him in a closet is basically the answer, right? Like, he's not going anywhere. We have more important things to do. Yeah, we could be worried about him. (laughs) um, Like, they would keep the plate spinning so we didn't forget he existed, but nobody, not even the people writing the thing, cared what he was up to. Yeah, well, but he still got his moment of heroism. You know, I mean, there's, I've seen this kind of discussion, you know, a lot out there in social media that a lot of people have been saying that, you know, finally white people got the treatment that black people have been getting all this time. And I thought, A, no, I don't think so, Um, because... What happened is that we we simply had a white man who had to earn his respect before getting mm-hmm. it, but he got it, you know, and then he got a heroic mm-hmm. moment. He got to be, you know, be part of the team and be a real true hero in that moment. Um, so I actually really liked that treatment and did not feel at all that it was any kind of like, you know, payback or anything. It's just that it was a different dynamic. And one of the things that I think that Black Panther does really well, and and it, it gives us sort of a blueprint for how to tell these kinds of stories, which is, you know, one of the things that I've been saying, you know, for ages is that you have to treat all the characters like they are people you know, first, before they are women, before they are black, before they are white, before they are anything, that they are people. And just, you know, write them as people with backstories, people with, you know, history and wants and desires and dignity, for crying out loud, the amount of dignity that was allowed in this movie, I think is really where I... I had the strongest emotional response was just how much dignity everybody was allowed. And I think that includes Ross. I, I, I think tying into something that, uh, that sister K said about the women, <laughs> but I think it expands to the entire cast that this is probably the best fleshed out group of human beings in the yeah. MCU ever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that includes, <laughs> you know, Avengers where they had to do all this heavy lift. They had all their backstory you know, movies, but still had all this present heavy lifting. And Lonnie and I had discussed how in some of those cases, the ball just gets dropped. And it's like, shouldn't Thor be a little sadder through most of the, I mean, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And in this case, you have all these people with differing viewpoints about how to run things Mm -hmm. for a country. And they are well-represented. Nobody is a straw Mm -hmm. man. Uh, I mean, and I think this is exemplified in... Eric Killmonger, who I came yes. out of the thing going, that guy had a lot of good points. <laughs> he did. I know. I, I, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, he could have been, could he have been redeemed? Do you think? I don't know. Oh, but I, I thought, could see yeah. his point. Oh, I could have a lot of conversations about that. I, like, saw, <laughs> I saw his point from like the beginning. Mm-hmm. And one of the best scenes to me was that ending scene when you can, well, actually it was before then that, um, T'Challa realizes 
okay, I know why he's doing this. We don't want him to do it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. I get why he is so angry. I get we y'all left him. Y'all left him there. Yeah. And I mean, to me, that was just a powerful moment when he realized what his father had done. Mm-hmm. And the most reprehensible part of it was not killing his brother, but was leaving Eric. Yeah, was leaving that child there, you know, mm-hmm. to fend and, for himself. And, mm-hmm. Yes. And to me, the whole movie started out with this sense of family. Well, actually, in Civil War, you got that sense of family from this from this family. So true. And then yeah. in this movie, it, we really dig home when they get back home and immediately the mother, the sister, and they're joking and they're, you know, the family is important. The, everyone is important. The whole tribe is important. All the tribes, excuse me, are important. But that one moment when he realizes what his father did and his friend, his father's friend, that's what got him in tears. You left him. Mm-hmm. He is family and you left him. Right. And left him to experience the world in a way that Wakanda, if he had grown up in Wakanda, he wouldn't have had to go through that kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and one of the things we had discussed, Joshua and I had discussed in the phase one movies was these, you know, these villains that were so clearly just bad like you know you just know these guys <laughs> are completely evil and that that's okay because the function of an antagonist of course is to block the protagonist and so as long as they're functioning you know in the story then there you go you're all right but um but in this one i felt like having a, an antagonist who we know is clearly in the wrong you know i mean clearly like the things that he's doing and the way he's tearing apart wakanda um and not respecting the people in wakanda um, you know, show that it's his it's his desire for power and desire for vengeance as opposed to, you know, looking and saying, you have all of this, you have the power to change mm-hmm. lives and to make things better. Like that, I'm with him. You know, that this this non-interventionist, you know, we're going to hide here and and not use what we have to help people who are suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, like I understand that point of view. And I think that that makes him a really sympathetic antagonist. So he's both very clearly. And I mean, when you have an antagonist called Killmonger, you know, <laughs> like basically we're pretty clearly coding like this is this is going to be a bad guy, you know, but but you can have sympathy for that. And I think that there's there's a nice texture and depth and layer to the antagonist when you can have sympathy, when you can look at what he's doing and what he's been through and say, you know, yeah, I kind of understand it. So true. I'm I'm going to I'm actually going to I'm going to push back okay. a little bit because. No, I mean, he's great. Not, not, I, I'm actually going to point out how there's more nuance, maybe, right? Because the name Killmonger, first of all, given to him by other people. And I don't think it's for nothing that the first person we hear use that name is the white American, mm-hmm. right? Like, like that's the name. Well, yeah, we, we literally built him from the ground up to do this thing, but it freaked us out a little bit. So we had to call him Killmonger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You, you know, like it's 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 a little bit of you can have power, but as soon as you have some, we have to control it or you owe us, you know, the the white power structure, something back, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And again, these are here's a phrase that I've had to use a lot as I've started to discuss Black Panther. But it's things like here. Here's me getting dangerously close to swerving out of my lane. Mm-hmm. But I have for my own personal like spiritual growth read quite a lot about like um uh, revolution theology in the African-American church. 
And I was just like, I find your arguments very compelling, Eric, <laughs> you know. Um, and I do I do actually think that for me, for whatever this is worth, but for me watching it, it was his slash and burn approach to the existing parts of Wakanda yes. that worked. Mm-hmm. That was the most, you know, mm-hmm. sort of shocking and gut wrenching and the thing that made me go, that's not really a right. guy who should be in charge, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. Um, because because T'Challa mm-hmm. is going to change things yes. in the way that Wakanda works in the world. So the change can't be the thing that, that was wrong. What's the thing that's wrong? It's this, I mean, in some cases, literally slash and burn, you know, approach to Wakanda's past. Um, yeah. I mean, so when I say push back, I guess I, I don't mean so much disagree as say, oh, man, there's so much new. Like, I'm ready for the think pieces yeah. after this movie, you know? Well, because it's philosophy. It comes down to that philosophy. Like, he's right. Mm-hmm. Eric is right. And the thing is, T'Challa knows he's right. And so at the end, T'Challa takes all of the parts of that philosophy that were positive and good and starts to put them into action. You know, so mm-hmm. so Eric did this thing and he did it in a, in a really, really horrible, destructive way. You know, like we're not going to say he's a sweet guy. You know, <laughs> he's 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 causing a lot of problems. He's mm-hmm. he's really seriously hurting people. And he killed I mean, tried right. to kill Ch- T'Challa, which is pretty terrible. Um, but he. Um, well, so did M'Baku and we love him. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, that was a ritual. <laughs> <laughs> it was fair and square. It was a ritual fair and square. Right. <laughs> Um, fair and square, throw him off the thing. Um, but yeah, but I think that because we have in the end that Eric, the, the positive parts of his philosophy actually win. Yes. Yes. I think we see that possibility. I mean, we don't know yet. Right. Cause that's kind of the cool thing of the ongoing storytelling mm-hmm. that is the MCU. Um, but yeah, that idea that yeah. we're going to go out and be an example rather than just Kill. arm people. Right. Yeah. So that they can kill from the ground up, you know. Um, but I do believe that there's some iron under that velvet glove, if necessary, with T'Challa. Right. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. exciting. I'm I'm really just excited about this movie because it's about stuff, you know. Yeah, it's about real stuff. Yeah. I mean, it does it in a it... distinctly superhero way, which I also appreciate. But it's about real things, like. Um, Mm-hmm. I go to Winter Soldier as my my best MCU movie all the time, but part of that was because it was about stuff, you know. So it's a big deal. Right. Yeah, I liked. I, I mean, um, T'Challa to me didn't really change because of what Eric did at the end. I think he changed because of Eric and knowing that he was Wakandan and was abandoned basically, and that they could have if they would have brought him back. The whole reason that his father didn't bring him back was because he wanted to protect Wakanda. And that kind of protection mm-hmm. is not serving anyone. Yes. We're making things work. We were, excuse me, we created Eric in some respects. And so mm-hmm. by us holding on to our resources and not sharing our knowledge with other people, what are we causing the world to become that we have because we're not helping the way we should be helping the world, not just ourselves. Well, because you're never separate, right? Right. It's all connected. I mean, you can separate yourself, but that whole, um, it was interesting to hear Eric's words about, yeah, but didn't all of humanity start here? So aren't everybody your brothers and sisters kind of get mirrored by T'Challa at the end in the, at the Mm -hmm. UN speech. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, you can separate yourself. You can do that. I mean, America has done that uh, before, you know, but, 
what's your right. what's your larger responsibility? Who are you serving, and what monsters do you make incidentally mm-hmm. with your neglect, mm-hmm. you know, or your separation? And if you can, if you have the means to help, would you or would you not? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a big it's a big mm-hmm. philosophical question. You know, that Wakanda is what it is because they kept it separate because, I mean, the it's an, a country in Africa that wasn't colonized. This mm-hmm. is what Africa could have been, you know, had had other people not interfered and, and gone and taken everything, you know, and, and run it, you know, and taken it over. So there is this sense of, you know, you can understand as well. I think I think leaving the little boy there. <laughs> was was a, a step too far but you can kind of understand that desire to protect this very very special place so mm-hmm. that it doesn't become poisoned by the outside world but at the same time when you think about and i mean i think that this is is just generally true when somebody is suffering mm-hmm. everybody is suffering you know when there are people out there who are are you know going through you know, injustice and, and horrible, horrible things. And then people who Mm -hmm. have the capability do nothing. Um, I think that, I think that you have a responsibility to, to do something if you can, when you can, but thinking carefully about how you do those things, you know, because you look at Eric and you think, well, that's, you know, that's how America does it. Right. That's how how dad did it. That's how America does it. You know, it's worked pretty badly so far. Honestly, it's worked really horribly so far, (laughs) Tony Stark. So take it back. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's that's it's it's such a destructive way, the way that that America intervenes and the way that we have been doing things. I think it makes it really shines a very unflattering light on kind of the American interventionist way, as opposed to this sort of Wakandan philosophy that we see T'Challa embrace at the end, which is we will live as an example. We will help where we can, but we're not going to enforce, you know, we're not going to go out and decide that the way that we want it to be is the way that it should be, but we're going to be here for people who need us. And I think that there is a really interesting philosophy to look at in that. How bad do you guys want to be around for the all night conversations between Steve and T'Challa? Oh, yes. There's man. Mm-hmm. That'd be quite a chat. Oh yeah. Or several mini chats, you know. <laughs> no, I want Tony Stark yeah, and T'Challa. I, I <laughs> oh, oh, friends! I think that Tony's moment of comeuppance is on its way, and her name is Sherry. Oh, oh he's gonna man. love Sherry. Cause she's just gonna be, mm-hmm. she just clown all over this Iron Man technology. Oh, repulsors! That's precious. <laughs> Let me show you what we did a hundred years ago. Shuri <laughs> is the bright reflection of Tony Stark. All of his intelligence, all of his capability, none of his arrogance, none of mm-hmm. his bullshit. You know, I mean, she is actually uh, Shuri is the is the one thing that could make Tony Stark's heart grow. She is the way in to his oh. heart. He would, I mean, and I'm not saying in a romantic way. I am saying no, in no, a, no. I love this kid like my own way. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. absolutely see him having like sort of a father relationship with her. Mentor, yeah. Mentor, father, and her teaching him about what it is to be, I don't know, a human person. He is a human person. He just hides it behind all this bravado and ego and yeah, try to hide He's pretty yeah, awful, his... honestly. I just because he hasn't had to think of anyone else but himself. Mm-hmm. You know? I 
I tried really hard to be on any kind of Team Tony, but uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, where he ruins the life of a 15-year-old with neglect, I was kind of like, that's it, I'm done with you, guy. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's a tough I'm just road, saying, but I love that redemption. Yeah. I love that potential for It'd redemption be nice. If Tony. Shuri pulled him back, mm-hmm. I'm into it. Wakanda forever. Yes. All Black Panther everything. <laughs> let him fix everything. Let him fix, let him come in here and fix, fix everything, it. right? Exactly. Let's put all that pressure <laughs> On these well, but yeah. look, they're pretty good at it. Because mm-hmm. let, let's yeah. talk about the the final. Uh, I just want to bring it up because there's not a whole lot to it. But the final after credit scene. Oh yeah, uh, with Bucky. With Bucky. I Bucky Bar. Who's healed? <gasps> oh, he's well. He's healed. He's well. He's hanging out with Shuri. I mean, he's well, like in his mind yeah. and soul. He's so calm, and he was like, "Thank you for." It's. I I don't know what I expected from him being on ice in Wakanda, but the idea that they have the time and the energy and the technology technology. to help him come back to himself Mm -hmm. is so great. Oh my God. It's so, I I was so shocked when I saw Bucky Barnes, I was like, wait a minute, what the hell's going on here? But that was fantastic. I kind of hope to see him after Shuri made the joke about you just keep bringing me broken white boys to fix. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because didn't you, when that, when she said that, I was like, okay, who's the other ones? Oh, I, I, I hoped, I hoped so hard it was Bucky. Yeah, because I didn't. I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I wanted from that, but I was just like, oh my god, please let her be talking about Bucky. Oh wow, I, that went so. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think I about know, it being Bucky. I, I know that I was like, well, who, well, who else? Who else? Yeah. Who else did you fix? Yeah. And maybe a little bit Steve too, although he's not. He wouldn't be quite as broken as Bucky no. after Civil War. Yeah. So, but still, not in a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's man, and a thing that I have. Okay, I don't want to play competition all the time, and I guess before we go down this road too much further, I can say, Sister K, have you had the pleasure of the Wonder Woman movie? Oh yes, I have. Okay, I loved the Wonder Woman movie, so this is not for bagging on Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. but a an interesting viewpoint that I've seen expressed that I I'm kind of getting on board with is. As good as Wonder Woman was, it's already been one-upped in its portrayal of strong women mm-hmm. because you had so many different styles of strong woman in this one two-hour and 15-minute yes. movie that none of their name was on the poster, you know? Yes. But you've yeah. got, like, the the very regal and strong matriarch, and you've got the, like, energetic kid sister, and you've got these spies and... The Dora Milaje. Uh, yeah. Who are conflicted, Ooh. you know, but have ideals. Like, it's just, and and some of them are still very, very distinctly feminine, while other other examples are more traditionally masculine. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say more Amazonian in your, in your Dora, you know. Um, but anyway, I just, I wanted to hear you ladies speak to that, because I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, I don't want to bag on other things, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, I can't speak to it, unfortunately, because I have not yet seen Wonder Woman. I'm a lot, kind of ashamed to uh, to admit that. Oh, Sister K, we got to talk. We'll talk <laughs> off mic. I'll tell you what my year has been like. Um, but anyway, so... Also, Lonnie hates the DC universe. I don't hate the DC universe. I prefer the Marvel universe. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, Just, I will yeah. say that... Um, That's a way to spin that. Justice League? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I... Okay. N- no. Me me either. <laughs> just I'm not in there. First of all, just saying. I don't I don't know people are going to hate 
me, but I don't understand the thrill with Batman. He can't do anything. We can talk about that off mic, too. Oh, I have a whole other couple of podcasts devoted really? to such a thing. Okay, I need to join yes. you. Because, oh, can I just say one thing? As soon as he gets hit and whatever gadget he's got working in his hand flies away, he can't do anything. So, why is I refuse he- to take this bait on this Black Panther conversation. <laughs> Since Black Panther answers the question of what if Batman were also the king of an African nation? What? Yes, Black Panther is like what if Batman was even more awesome? But Black Panther has inherent like superpowers. Like yes, everybody got protagonist powers. You guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before we get too far off into Batman and DC, I think I think what we will have to do. It was the Wonder Woman. Was the view that I was looking for there? Yes. I really liked Wonder Woman, and I agree that now watching Black Panther and seeing, like you say, the different ranges of strength in women, I still like Wonder Woman a lot, um, but it's more um, one note, I guess, Yes. Than, yeah. than in Black Panther, but that's not Wonder Woman's fault. It's just because she's one person, and they had you know that's so true. much time to get through, and they wanted to weave in the love and the romance, you know, all that stuff. Well, that would be the place where I would say, why didn't we make this and Diana at a buddy cop movie and forget this Steve Trevor loser? <laughs> I, I mean, for real, like that's not just snark. Like you're not wrong. They wanted to focus on this romance that I completely didn't buy. So I was like, why don't you give me another flavor of awesome woman instead? You know, I bought the romance. It's just, you know, kind of, it wasn't as thrown together as other movies have been where they just throw it in there just to have to say they had romance in it. They're falling in love. Okay, whatever. Um, but I, I mean, I really liked it, but I think it's just because of that movie had other things going on. This one to me had romance as well, but it was in a different way. Black Panther. Mm-hmm. There were some romantic pieces to it, but it wasn't like overt. All right. of the the subtle definitely the subtle way that they let you know that T'Challa was pining for mm-hmm. his ex. Yes. He wanted Nakia back. I mean, everyone knew it. He was trying to deny it, but it, they didn't have to have a whole scene dedicated to them falling back in love. You know, the, right? It was just different, and I love the way they did that because sometimes that sappy mess gets on my nerves because they just throw it in there. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Women want to see. No, we want to see real. You know, real conversations and relationships and things that make sense. Yeah. Well, because they work well together, which is one of the things like a good couple works well together and Mm -hmm. respects each other. And what I loved, loved about this, which is a problem that we have in a lot of the other movies, is that she was not delivered to him as some kind of prize that he got for winning the day, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie. Like he earned her by working with her, by acknowledging the things that made them break up, the things that she didn't want in her life. You know, Um, so I thought that was so beautifully done and that they were equals throughout the whole thing. She wasn't just some kind of like, you know, we have situations with Pepper and Tony where Pepper is just handed over to him like some kind of reward, like some kind of object. And the women in this movie were not objectified in that way in any way, which I thought was just fantastic. And, you know, I. It's it's a not a Marvel movie, but one of the 
worst examples of this. It's not just that he she's handed, but that they think so little of women that they think that all the hero has to do is win something <laughs> and she's going to come running and falling into his arms. Yep. And the worst example of this is old <clears throat> is um, Armageddon. Oh, yeah. Armageddon. Yeah, oh, with yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Armageddon, sorry. And the scene with his friend, I can't remember the actor's name, mm-hmm. who who was divorced from his wife and his son, you know, he was bringing a little plane to his son mm-hmm. and they were broken up. I don't know if y'all remember that part of the movie. And he goes off to space to, to battle this asteroid and they come, he's one of the ones that actually comes back and mm-hmm. lo and behold, she's waiting with the sun and they're running towards him and they're going to be back together because he's went and defeated and saved the earth. And I'm thinking, really? Because that was so the only reason because, they broke up in the first place, right? Because right. he had not yet saved the Earth. Once he right. does that, they could be together. Clearly, we got divorced because there hadn't been a giant asteroid. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that, Definitely, that's the thing that made it right. so that we argued about money and this child all the time. Right. That burned me up so mm-hmm. bad. Can I tell you how much that pissed me off watching this yes. movie? And it was a decent movie. I mean, it was entertaining. I like entertaining stuff. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to, you know, cure cancer or bring wrong (laughs) but that really irritated the mess out of me thinking oh is this what you think women what all we think about is that as long as the man goes and wins something or brings back the cash or whatever we're just going to follow no yeah and i like that they didn't do that in wonder woman or i mean but more importantly in black panther She's in there fighting mm-hmm. with them. They're defending mm-hmm. their country just as much as the men are because they love their country. They mm-hmm. love Wakanda. Why is it that only the man in a lot of movies is the one who loves his country and wants to go fight for it? Right. And the mm-hmm. woman has to stay back and take care of the kids and whine and why are you always gone? Be careful. Oh, no, they don't. They didn't have any of that. And I love that. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, her job was not to sit and be passive until he won something. And then she was then awarded to him without him having to earn that relationship. Like T'Challa, I felt, earned that relationship by listening to her throughout the entire story and by respecting her. I feel like I'm, I'm going to read into this here, but it, not much because it was in every single conversation they had about her coming home and being his queen, mm-hmm. right? Is that she had been saying things to T'Challa for years about how he, what kind of king he ought to be to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. right? We can tell that in the brief snatches of conversation. And I do think that all of this stuff with Eric pushes that over the edge and seeing what that looks like when taken to the extreme that Eric was prepared to take mm-hmm. it. I mean, I, I think Eric made a big impression on T'Challa and... Mm-hmm. You know, they're moving forward in a different way than they would have otherwise. But that change that Eric sort of put upon him or, you know, the evolution T'Challa had to go through because of what Eric did could not have happened without the years of Nakia Mm -hmm. saying we need to be different. We need to be in the world. We have things to do Mm -hmm. Um, so that it's not even just, man, they earned each other, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They both changed and now deserve each other in a way that they honestly didn't mm-hmm. before. They weren't the right, quite the right people yet, you know? Yeah, they both had to kind um, of grow. But that was that was the thing that I loved about it is that she was not yeah. a prize to be handed over, which happens in so many 
of these movies. I mean, not just Marvel movies, but like Sister Kay was pointing out, it happens oh, all, all the time, all over. everywhere. So it was one of these incredibly beautiful things just to see that character treated that way. Now, can I ask you guys something? Because I caught something in the movie and, you know, I've only seen it once and I think I probably missed some of the reference, but Nakia was a spy, correct? Am I right? Yes. Okay, so that was her job. Yes. And then toward the end, she picks up the warrior outfit, right? It's armor. She doesn't want to put on the warrior outfit, mm -hmm. but they say it's armor. You got to go do it. And she goes out and she fights. Now, I felt like that was so sick, like it's this identity thing. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot, Sister K, is that the putting on of the costume of the, the superhero identity, right? Essentially mm -hmm. changes you and you become that thing, right? And so when she picks up that, that costume, that, that, and that costume, but the armor, you know, that it is, it is an identity as a warrior. She's like, it feels to me like a transition. She's becoming a warrior, something that she had resisted because she was a spy and she identified that way, but I didn't quite follow the significance of that. And I'm wondering if, if maybe one of you guys can fill that in for me, if there's something I missed there. That's interesting. I didn't think about that at all because to me, she was a warrior anyway before right. she picked up the armor. Mm -hmm. It was just a part of her. You know, she's a spy, so she tries to be subtle. But if she has to get down to business, she could. Yeah. And so I didn't see anything different in the fact that she picked up, she put on the armor other than to protect herself a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, but that's interesting. I need to check for that the next time I watch oh, it. Oh, God, I, I need to watch this movie like a million times. I have feelings. <laughs> okay, what are your thoughts? <laughs> about that okay for one i'm really surprised that there wasn't a scene later and maybe there's one on the cutting room floor who knows but of uh okoye yeah either dressing her down for putting on that uniform or saying well well welcome to the club <laughs> in a way that nakia would have felt really weird about yeah. right um i think I've seen it twice and I am thinking all the big thoughts about it. But I think that Nakia, the reason she chose like that life of the spy was because she felt that Wakanda needed to be doing things out in the world and that's how she could yes. do it. And her putting mm -hmm. on the Dora uniform, who who is very much, we serve the throne. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know? Oh my God, uh, we serve the throne. Was sort of a mix of, I think to me that was sort of telegraphing mm -hmm. T'Challa's eventual evolution, because it's both of those things coming yeah. together, right? Like, this is how we both protect the throne and be who we should be out in the world. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I was wondering if I just, I missed something in that, because it's not just that she puts it on, but she's resistant. She doesn't want to put it on. That's true. She was. And then she's, she's like, told no. it's armor. Yeah. You need to wear this. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, but it felt to me like, and, and I, I love, of course, like that kind of identity story is my catnip. Like I love that stuff. And I <laughs> really feel like I missed it in Nakia, but I wanted that identity story. So I, when I watch it again, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of, kind of picking up on that. Cause I think that's going to be really interesting. Can we talk about Okoye? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Because, I'm here for her. What did you think? <laughs> On the same topic, before you get into her, what did you think about her serving the throne, even though obviously she loved T'Challa and did not want him to be, you know, overthrown, but she still had her vow to serve whoever was on that throne? Yeah, I thought think that about that was that? so powerful. I mm -hmm. thought the philosophy of... 
you know, that T'Challa and the throne are not the same thing for her, you know, mm-hmm. um, yes. when T'Challa is the one on the throne, you know, she serves. But I mean, you think about that and you think about like how it broke her up. Her loyalty was torn between mm-hmm. these two things and she had to choose. And one of the best things that you can do with a character, you know, is force them to choose you know, any like any time they have to make an active choice, you show us who that character is. And this woman is a warrior at her core. That is her identity. And she serves the throne. You know, she serves the the greater ideal of Wakanda as opposed to the individual person who is there, no matter how much she, you know, personally loves T'Challa and is yes. torn up by it. So I thought it showed such incredible God horrible horrible but horrible for her strength of character and and such a strong sense of her identity and knowing what it is that she has to do whether she likes it or not like Mm -hmm. i loved her every minute through this whole thing i think i don't know it's so hard to choose who i love the most it's just whoever i'm thinking about at the moment but um (laughs) but she what she did in this movie, what yeah. that character did in this movie, um, I was it. so incredibly powerful. I just, mm-hmm. I was blown away by it. Sister Kay, what did you think about that? I love, well, I loved Anaya anyway from mm-hmm. Walking Dead, of course. Yeah. And she's just so beautiful and majestic and regal. And there's stuff, something about how she walks and carries herself and talks that's just like arresting. Yeah, you just can't take your eyes off of her, and so I loved in this in this particular story, though how she could be funny and jokey and off obviously personable mm-hmm. with the family, but mm-hmm. when it came down to get into business of protecting her king, she was all business. Yeah, and she could do it with the best. Um, she was fierce mm-hmm. and loyal, and even down to the end when she had to choose who to serve that conflict the way she played that conflict was just awesome to watch the the thing that i loved most about okoye's whole arc there was that never in it no matter who she was serving or who she was fighting against she never stopped serving oh god yeah Mm -hmm. like like t'challa showing back up gave her sort of gave her permission to accept the thing that you could tell she was at war with herself Mm -hmm. over, which is he's, this guy is the King, but he is not serving Mm -hmm. Wakanda, meaning Eric, you know? Mm -hmm. So that kind of freed her to be able to go against that vow, Mm -hmm. which really wasn't going against No, I don't think she ever broke her vow. vow. It kind of freed her to say, you know, this isn't the dude. He is not the one. Well, because he didn't win. If if T'Challa wasn't dead, then the challenge is not finished. And if the challenge is not finished, then T'Challa is still king. Mm-hmm. She was able to serve him, you know, while yeah. still keeping her vow. Well, and I think that serving the throne, again, like that's the greater ideal of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. That slash and burn approach of Eric's to the things that make Wakanda great. She's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I thought I was doing the thing that I was supposed to do to uphold my ideal by following the secession no matter who yeah. got it. But nope, he's literally killing the thing that that makes Wakanda Wakanda. Oh, thank God, another opportunity is here. <laughs> yeah. In T'Challa returning, yeah. you know. Pardon me, thank Bast. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was, I, I thought she was so powerful. And I think she was the first 
she was the first like thing that I noticed character that I noticed representing this. And it's not even like, you know, this serious feminist movie. It's not even about it being feminist. It's about it being, you know, being a character who can be just what she is, you know, that she can have that power. And uh, when you put Okoye next to Black Widow, right? And I like Black Widow. Like I've, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I like the character. I think she's tough. She's kick-ass. But she pays for all of her power and her dignity, wearing this cat suit, you know, being this like, you know, the, the woman on Avengers and, you know, and sexualized. And then, of course, we have the, the romance that goes on with Banner and all of that and, and that stuff that, that happens eventually. But everything that they do with Widow is like, OK, we will give you this female character who can kick ass and, you know, beat up 14 men. All right. But you got to give us something, you know, mm-hmm. and with Okoye. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to give anything. Mm-hmm. You know, she was powerful and she was allowed to be powerful without paying for it, you know, in some other way. And without it feeling like something that was given, you know, like like some kind of like it's some kind of favor that people do for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, we'll we'll give you this. We'll give you, you know, a black character who actually has history, but you'll pay for it with dignity. You'll pay for it in some way. Right. There was no cost on the other end. They're just here you go. This is your character. Watch her fly, you know? And that, to me, like, that was the whole attitude behind Black Panther that felt so revolutionary to me. Did you guys feel that? Yeah, that that's a good way to put it. She she was, like, unapologetically who she was, which is how women yeah. are. Yes. And she can be multifaceted and not have to compromise anything for that. Right. And it wasn't that she wasn't beautiful. It wasn't that she wasn't, you would, you would look at her, anybody who would look at her and say that she's not sexy would be insane, right? Right. But she wasn't wearing super tight everything, right? You know? Exactly. She wore armor. Exactly. She wore armor. She wore that <laughs> flowing dress and mm-hmm. she kicked ass in it. Ooh, that red and dress it, was gorgeous. Oh, that red dress. Oh, my God. If I had a body like that, I'd go out and buy one right now. I really Whoa. would. <laughs> I yeah. would wear it every day. The day. Mm-hmm. The day that I got to see this movie, I read an amazing uh, tweet thread uh, from a woman who was talking about fighting, like sword fighting and stuff mm-hmm. in ball gowns. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I had just read it that day. And then I went to the movie and she's doing all the things in the casino. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's actually wearing the right dress for this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could see the things that I learned that day that they had thought about um, in that moment. And it was like. Oh, that's a character moment because Okoye knew that she needed to have a dress that looked right in a high-end casino, but also one that she could kick ass. Right, with a big slit so she could, you know, get her legs up. It was only, it's only ankle length. I will, I will, I will feed us for the show notes, Mm -hmm. the, uh, a link to this tweet thread, but it was like ankle length so that you don't, um trip on it when you lunge or must jump backwards there's all kinds of stuff that i saw because i read this thing because the costuming across the board was character defining for everybody Mm -hmm. but that was a moment where i was like she's out of her element but she's still prepared for it and that's that's okoye all over oh that's and the wig is right she's wearing that wig she hates that (laughs) wig when she gets down to business she wig goes that off. That sucker off so quick. That was a funny moment. We, I think everybody in the audience laughed when I went. She snatched that thing off. Was like, okay, I'm done with that. 
was like, we are done with this yeah. nonsense now. <laughs> it was so fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Wig snatching as offensive weapon. Did not expect that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was so great. Can we just talk about the beauty of the people oh. in the movie? First yeah. of all, mm-mm-mm. Michael B. Jordan... Chadwick Boseman, both with their shirts off. Hello. <laughs> they are unbelievable. I mean, I've always had a thing for Michael B. Jordan. I have to say, I have loved him ever since Friday Night Lights. He's one of my favorite actors. I just, I think that he has got charm and intelligence mm-hmm. and he's a really, really great actor. And I was, oh God, I had a moment there at the end where I was like, oh, because when, when T'Challa says, you know, maybe we can still save you. Yes. And I thought, oh, redemption arc, give me a redemption arc. I just wanted a redemption arc for him so bad, you know, and he chose to die in the sunset and everything. And I'm like, all right, fine, fair enough. But man. Oh, I think you kind of got it, though. Yeah. In his last, I mean, yeah. it's not a redemption per se, mm-hmm. but that final line oh. was him going out head held high mm-hmm. like dying for his principles yes mm-hmm. May, and we we have talked a little bit tonight about how the man's got some points right <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> so the idea that he would still die for his principles rather than be a prisoner because there's no way he's not a prisoner mm-hmm. yeah is as close to any kind of redemption as we were ever going to get mm-hmm. for him and, and and it's and it's a pretty good one i mean for me it really worked for me like it was tears in my eyes Oh, that, yeah. Um, yeah. His final no, it was so powerful. I just wanted more Michael B. Jordan. Yes. I, I want a redemption arc in a couple of movies because I'm not ready to say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and just, did, I mean, did you notice the way he walked though, throughout the whole uh-huh. film? He kind of had this pacing mm-hmm. like a lion, a caged lion. Mm-hmm. Like he was mm-hmm. pacing all the time. And even that scene where he came into Wakanda into their royal room and he was kind of just talking back and forth and this the way he was kind of stalking it kind of reminded me of a cat a big cat Uh i just love that and and i think that he did that perp i don't know i haven't seen any interviews or anything but i feel like he did that kind of purposefully because he was kind of like a caged oh yeah person he was kind of like being left and the upbringing that he's had and all of the things he's learned and the way that the government used him to do what they wanted him to do and he was just like a caged lion right i love that that is such a wonderful insight i didn't see that but now that you mention it you watch it again watch it because he he does that in a lot of the different scenes um even this there was a scene where they're in the he didn't do it in the museum but just that when he, it's like when he finally got to Wakanda, it was like he could be kind of free, but he wasn't free still. He was still kind of trapped. Well, he was a predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's a predator. He's coming in. He's, oh my God, that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to look for that. Michael that's a great Jordan insight. did that. And the oh, emotion yeah. on his face. This is going to come, this is going to come sideways into um, another part of this movie that I really appreciated. Uh, but... I, I I love the cage lion idea, right? Because you you also have kind of a very serious uh, sort of confident stock from Chad Bozeman as mm-hmm. T'Challa also. Whereas uh, Killmonger's is a little more languid. What what it was doing to me was making me think of like um, a very sort of hip hop swagger, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And and this is why it does it to the 
why it brings up the score for me is that this is the first score in a Marvel movie I can get excited yeah. about, honestly, because most of the time they're pretty bland mm-hmm. on purpose. Right. They make those choices. But this one is so full of those strains of African music and the drums and, and the different type of singing mm-hmm. that is – I mean, I am definitely – not able to place it for specific parts of Africa or, you know, particular cultures. But, I mean, it's African music throughout, except when mm-hmm. it's Killmonger. Mm-hmm. When it's Killmonger, we get the Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. soundtrack album, mm-hmm. you know. And y- anyway, yeah. Which it was really just, brings um, home the fact that he was, love it. you know, raised in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, he does he does have a very uh, self-assured, like self-possessed, but still very, like I say, kind of hip hop way of moving through mm-hmm. the movie, mm-hmm. you know, um, not not perfectly like that's not his only job. But I don't think that's an accident either because of the way they scored him. Like when it's just him, <laughs> we go to the soundtrack album. <laughs> when it's everybody else, we go to the score album. Yeah, you know? I didn't notice that either, but that, I'm going to look that the next time I watch it, too. Oh, gosh, there are so many I've things. really been listening to that Kendrick Lamar album a lot, even before the movie, so that's probably why I noticed. <laughs> no, that's great. There's so much in this movie. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Sister Kay, you were bringing up the, the beauty of the of the actors who are breathtaking, like breathtaking. But the beauty of the way this is shot. Oh, yes. And, you know, and to me, cinematically, mm. it felt different from the other Marvel movies. Did you guys see that? Yes. More vibrant, more colorful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just with majestic, I think really looking at or wanting us to realize how beautiful Wakanda was, but also the people. And yes, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It just had a different look and feel to it. It felt almost fantastical to me. It felt like Wakanda was this magical place. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it like, you know, the Wizard of Oz, but it almost had that feel to it. It was it was this place that was just so different from everything else. And it felt the colors were beautiful and vibrant, like the sand, mm-hmm. how red the sand was that they buried them in, you know, um, the the colors of the, the outfits, the colors among the different tribes, you know, when they would come in, when everybody was standing on the ledge watching the challenge, which, by the way, how'd they get out there? Who got them down? <laughs> that looks very dangerous. <laughs> I was very no, worried. No, they had ships for okay, that. They had, they had ships. anti-gravity ships. Like... <laughs> I'm very worried about them because those are really, really thin ledges and they're all standing up there. And there's no OSHA. I, in no, OSHA. I get, no OSHA. I get very weird. I get very worried about these people, you know, because they're going to fall off. But, um, but I mean, it was just, it was so beautifully realized and felt almost otherworldly. I felt like I was in an alien planet, you know, when we were in Wakanda and the, the beautiful, um, the almost like wasp like um, ships that they had, the oh, little, yeah. you know, the, the spaceship yeah yes god it was it was so incredibly beautiful and so wonderfully visually realized in a way that was i think really expansive to the to the marvel cinematic universe um i wanted to it's talking about the the beauty or just the mesmerizing look of everybody in this movie <laughs> i want to know so much more about the leaders uh the 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 elderly woman who's the leader of one of the tribes. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, she is 
just compelling. I mean, she's not given a whole lot to do in the movie, but she she is this figure of authority the entire time, mm-hmm. you know, um, that I was just like, I want to know about, more about you. And the leader of another tribe who oh. had the, uh, the lit plate. Oh, yeah. Is yes. I mean, as great as everybody's costuming was in this thing, that guy's suits mm-hmm. were <laughs> top notch. You know, like I, I want to know more about these people. You know, um, this is not a thing I actually mean, but there's a there's a sexist lens here where it's very easy for us to talk about Okoye being beautiful, or even Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. air quotes, still being beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I'm just compelled by this older woman and I'm compelled by this older man with a, um, with a way of adorning himself that is very alien to my white eyes. <laughs> right. And I was still just like, I don't care. I love these people. They're they're. I don't have a better word than beautiful. You, wanna, you know? Yeah. You, you, you want to know more about them. It's just, yes. You're intrigued and mesmerized. Just and... tell me everything about Wakanda already guys. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All of these tribes, I love them. And then we've got the the one tribe, you know, the guy who challenged uh, T'Challa in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? You know, and then ended up, of course, coming to save them when everything fell apart. Um, I loved that guy. Mbaku, yes. I thought he was fantastic. Mbaku, he was so great. And, um, and I loved the way he just laughed at them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> through this whole thing. Yeah. He was great. I, I really liked his character. Oh, yeah. I did not realize that they were using M'Baku in this movie because I have kind of been avoiding Mm -hmm. as much as I could going into it. But if I Mm -hmm. had known, I would have been really, really worried because someday we're going to get into the big comic book history of Black Panther. But he that character in the comic books is man ape and it's not a good look. Like, I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Um, Oh, God. But they completely redeemed hit like that as the gorilla tribe as a concept and folded it into Wakanda in a believable way that gave them just power in a different way than the other tribes. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. I would have been very concerned if I'd known going in, but never mind, it's fine. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I loved how powerful he was. Um, I loved how smart he was. Um, I loved how here he was, you know, like the outsider, Right. Everybody else in Wakanda, they've got all these tribes. They're all together. They're all like family. And he's the one Mm -hmm. on the outside. He's the one literally out in the cold in the snow. Right. Um, And then for him at that point to to join forces with them and to come in and support them and to fight for what was right. For me, I I thought was just great. And for a character that wasn't actually on screen that much, he was so beautifully realized. He was so powerful. Um, I loved him. I did too. He had some of the the best lines too. Oh yeah. And there it suggests, I don't want to say that he'll be the possibly the villain. He's a villain. He is a bad guy in the comics, right? Man Ape is. And yeah. pretty irredeemable, you know, as the, as they use him. Um but I wouldn't be surprised to see him possibly being something of an antagonist in the sequel because his concerns mm-hmm. are legitimate from a certain point of view and you guys may not have noticed again, I saw it a second time and I was kind of really paying attention to Mbaku things. They don't worship the Panther God or goddess. It's always Panther Mm -hmm. God in the comics and for the movie they went Panther goddess and I'm glad, but they Mm -hmm. worship the gorilla God. Mm -hmm. Like he even says, um, 
all uh, all glory to Haruman and or something instead of Bast. Yeah. You know, so I'm just like. I want to know more about this, too, you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, see, I don't mind the idea of him being kind of like a Tony Stark to T'Challa's cap, you know, um, where he, he may be like a difficult and challenging character, but I still want him to be like fighting. I, I like him so much. I just want him to be, you know, like not not the total yeah, no. bad guy. <laughs> Not the total I don't. Villain. I think. I think they've already showed with this movie that they would have a much more deft touch than that. That's why I say more like antagonist I would hope than so, villain. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. and, and that's possible. And having an antagonist that can be kind of this, you know, this opposite number antagonist that's just like everything that T'Challa is not, but yet can reflect T'Challa back on himself and in some really interesting ways. But I just want to see him again. I want to see him all the time. I know. Just give me more <laughs> of that yeah, guy. He was great. Now, what did you think about? I was kind of disappointed about Wakabi, which was um, T'Challa's friend. He seemed to yeah. turn awful fast. I was like, "What happened?" I thought we were getting along. Yeah, and he got Okoye was his girlfriend. Am I? Yes. Is that how I'm supposed to read that? I think so. Because because I kind of didn't see that. <laughs> like, well, there was one scene where they kind of said something, but it was yeah. really quick. Yeah, well, they called each other love, you know, like she popped up in the in the little palm hologram, you know, thing. And, yes. and but like, here's this guy. He turns on T'Challa fairly quickly because T'Challa fared, you know, failed to bring back Claw, but like didn't even think to ask, oh, how many people tried to kill you in South Korea? Like, you know, could that have possibly interfered with your bringing this guy back to me? Like, they're supposed to be such good friends, but yet his concern for T'Challa was nothing just he didn't get what he wanted and then turned on him like nothing and okoye is so exemplary so extraordinary that like I, i'm looking at it and i'm like really honey this guy my <laughs> biggest problem with wakabi is how basic he appears next to okoye <laughs> i mean i know that like there are a lot of extraordinary women who end up with unworthy men but i don't go to <laughs> movies for real life like and okoye i'm sorry after everything that she is, should have a worthy man or no man. <laughs> I suspect know? that their romance did not survive the brief Wakandan civil war. Uh, no, oh, no, 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 it didn't. I mean, at, yeah, at the end, she seemed pretty well done with him, you know, but. <laughs> I, would be uh, I will be keeping the rhino in the divorce, Wakabe. <laughs> I will be keeping everything in the divorce. Come and try to take it yeah. from me. <laughs> his, his, uh, his heel turn is a little, okay, again, I got to see it a second time, right? His heel yeah. turn is um, not quite as out of nowhere. There's so much going on that mm-hmm. I felt the same way that you guys felt about him the first time that I saw it. Having seen it the second time, he is so claw-focused when claw yeah. comes on. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to go. And T'Challa mm-hmm. doesn't let him go. Yeah. And gives him his word. And then he blames T'Chaka. 30 years. 30 years and nothing has <laughs> happened. I thought you'd be different. And I was like, I'm pretty sure... Looking back, like having seen it a second time, that's where T'Challa lost him. Like Eric yeah. showing up was his opportunity to sort of ratify mm-hmm. that choice. But he T'Challa had lost him as a supporter in that moment in Shuri's lab. Yeah, I don't know. Sister Kay, what did you think about that? I just, yeah, I, I see your point. I think when I watch it again, I'm going to definitely check for that. I just still think even with with him being disappointed to not have Claw back, 
it was quick. It was really a a, a quick switch, and mm-hmm. not just if we don't agree. And I'm irritated with you for a minute, but this guy was going to kill up his whole family and kill mm-hmm. up a bunch of people that were that you've been friends with, family with your whole life, and you were just okay with that. Okay, that it just seemed kind of quick. But we did oh, have to yeah, have not, a, yeah. <laughs> you know, another means. Of, and they're not going to always agree, and they're going to battle. I get that, but the fact that that um killmonger was he was with killmonger to kill his family was a part that i was thinking oh that's that's a little much mm-hmm. yeah but he had no conflict like okoye has all of this conflict that's true yeah and we don't see any of that play out in this character mm-hmm. he's just like oh you didn't kill this guy i told you to kill my king when i have no right to tell you to do anything um okay done like that I, I I liked the disappointment and the and the different philosophy mm-hmm. that he had. And I thought that had he been a true friend to T'Challa, you know, had he tried or so but like to turn that fast on on T'Challa, I just thought this guy is is no good. There's nothing in him. Like I had more sympathy for um for Killmonger than I had for this guy. This dude was just like he's he's a bad friend. He, there's nothing good yeah. in this guy because if you don't do what he wants you to do, then suddenly he's going to turn on you and kill your whole family. Well, well, you know, let me say, I do not seeing his motivation does not mean I ratify. Right. <laughs> uh, no, but you see it more, we'll put it this right? Way. Yeah. In any other movie, the guy who turns against the hero because they were, even though they were friends would have just been a throwaway. We wouldn't have even gotten what we yeah, got true. here, you know, mm-hmm. But here we at least get a bit of a through line. And again, that's everybody is a compelling character in this movie. Like nobody gets thrown away, even the people that are just hanging around the back where I'm like, tell me more about her and him. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's yeah. Again, also, I mean, I saw a through line, but it's not as strong as certain other things. And I do think the fact it's like a candle compared to Okoye's son. You know, he's just vanishing in her brilliance. So even before the heel turn. He was nowhere near (laughs) good enough to win that woman. I don't. Like, she was slumming it hard. (laughs) I think maybe she's just really busy and can't meet people. I don't know. There's no match. There's no match.com in Wakanda. I don't know. It's tough being a general. Like, I get it. You know, it's very demanding. But if this guy was not cooking her dinner like he every wasn't night that and like bad. Come on. rubbing her feet, he was no. Okay, look, fine. Okoye? No, I'm sorry. That is one extraordinary woman. I, I was offended that sh- they stuck her with that dude. <laughs> I, I I wasn't offended like that, but it was just the because that actor. He I think he's good looking. He wasn't up to her. Oh no, he's good looking. He yeah. didn't match her. I will agree with that, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. He's nowhere near good. No, I mean, I like the actor. I thought he was good looking. I thought, you know, everybody in this movie is beautiful. It's not about beauty. It's about extraordinary. I don't know. I got to tell you, I kind of got a thing for Okoye. Like. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's legit. She is so unbelievable. And I just like, there is, you know, nobody. I would question if T'Challa was worthy of her. Like, she is just that great, you know. So so this dude who turns on his friend yeah, in a no, heartbeat, no, nowhere near good enough. No. Nowhere near good enough for her. 
If I wanted to backfill it and make him even worse, I would be like, also, he's jealous of Okoye because she's a general and he's not. And he's just running the border. Right. Well, he I'm could, just making he could be stuff a house up. husband for her. If he took care of the house, well, you know, he's took the care chief of, the kids, of his tribe, wasn't like, he? Be, he, was, you know? he is. I think he <laughs> yeah, is. He's the chief of his tribe. Yeah. So. Yeah. He, was, he was busy. Still not good enough for her. <laughs> Still not good enough. I'm, I'm not gonna. I am not going to find him as objectionable. At the same time, I'm not going to disagree with that statement on any level. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it. It was a very rare man who's going to be good enough for a Koye, So that's true. Maybe it's Bucky. Oh, I don't know. No. Oh God, no. Yeah. As soon as I said it, I knew that was a terrible idea. Cut that out. Delete it. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think if there's anybody. No, there's Not just I, there's just nobody, Not which yet. is such a shame. It's lonely being that extraordinary. I yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Captain America. Oh, no. man. Well, uh, no, I don't think I like it, but I like it better than Agent 13. That was not earned at all. So, yeah. okay, <laughs> never mind. Delete both of my guesses. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Someday, this is all I want out of the next Black Panther, is that if they have her with a man, make him worthy. Make him worthy of her. I'll tell you somehow. what. I want mm-hmm. them to find a man to make her that would be worthy of her. On screen, have him, you know, make some kind of respectful entreaty to her and have mm-hmm. her say, no, thank you. And have somebody else say to Okoye, what kind of man is it going to take? And she would be like, it's not going to take a man. Oh, see. <laughs> That would be fine. Mm. You know what? I don't care who she's with, man or woman or anybody, (laughs) as long as it's somebody who is worthy, as long as it's somebody who is strong. It doesn't have to be a warrior. It doesn't have to be a fighter, you know, but just somebody who is strong and smart and incredibly special. That's all that it would take. But it's going to be a really, really tough. That's going to be like a a difficult match.com is not going to make this happen is what I'm saying. Like, you know, you got to go to extraordinary measures to find some for Okoye. I'm not going to disagree with that either. <laughs> Why would I? All right. So we are kind of wrapping things up here. Is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about with Black Panther that we haven't hit before we go to our favorite parts? I think we hit everything. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings. I could go into a lot more detail about all of these things, but I don't need to. You know, I'm just. We'll do that when we do the, the well, full show. Yeah. Yes. I'm also just happy to have, I mean, for real, I am over the moon to have an MCU movie that I can, that has enough meat on the bone for me to dig that deep into it. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. that's just really exciting to me. So, yes, there was plenty of time for us all, to, <laughs> you know, to, to <laughs> dig deeper, but. It's exciting that it can handle it, you know, like it can bear the weight of that look. So, oh, there's so much more. I mean, we have just skimmed the surface on this movie and we will be talking about it in a lot more depth when we get back to it in the run of Listen Up A-Holes. But for right now, let's think about our favorite part of the movie. Sister Kay, can you tell me what your favorite part of the movie was? I think my favorite part was the um, moment that T'Challa figured out who Eric was Mm. and his reaction with his father when he actually went back. Yes. And just the conversation they had and his, the look in his face and like, how could you, this man that I've respected who is always about his family and our bigger family of the country, the nation of Wakanda, who's led us to be this prideful family oriented people 
leave him. Someone that was related to us, who is part Wakandan. Yeah. And I think I, that's my favorite part. The emotion, the... It kind of changes his identity and what he thought his father was and what he thought being a king was. I don't know. I just really like that. It's that really scene. powerful. Yeah, I thought that was incredible. Yeah, that was incredibly powerful. That was one of the parts where I, I just cried. Yeah, yeah that was, a, that was <laughs> an was emotional so one. I kind of teared up a little bit. What about you, Joshua? What was your favorite part? <laughs> okay, so Shuri is great. And my favorite part of Shuri, because mm-hmm. this hangs a lampshade on an entertaining part of the movie for me. My favorite part of Shuri is when F- Frost wakes up in her lab and she's like, don't sneak up on me, colonizer. And his sad panda response is, <laughs> my name's Everett. He's just so not the most important person in the room. And I mean, I don't know how the character could know, but it comes through in that moment where he's like, oh yeah. Yeah. There's not really going to be a lot of spotlight on me after this point is there, colonizer. That's what it is. <laughs> I really, all of just so much Shuri, but that moment with, with her response of colonizer. And when he says, I have the sad panda, mm-hmm. my name is Everett. And then she comes back with, yes, I know. And a whole list of information about him. I was like, I like everything about this a whole lot. <laughs> all of this, all of this interaction is doing it for yeah, me. I like no, this. So fantastic. probably my favorite part. Yeah, no, I think that was great. My favorite part, I got to say, is Shuri in the lab when she's taking T'Challa around and showing him all of the inventions, everything that she's done. She made this vibranium necklace that has his whole suit in it and that it absorbs everything that anybody does to him and then shoots. It's I'm rubber, you're glue times a gazillion. (laughs) Like, it's good power. So incredible and so beautiful. And then, like, I loved that in and of itself because man you know me I love somebody who's capable I love somebody who's passionate about their work like for me the romance between a girl and her work is one of my favorite love stories ever you know so for me I mean that was absolutely specifically made to delight me you know but on top of it that was the moment where I was like the princess isn't just going to be a princess she's not just there to be pretty like that was so powerful for me I loved that. I loved looking at my daughters. One of my daughters is uh, is a scientist. I mean, she's going into STEM. Like she, that's what she wants to do. And she has to deal with sexism all the time in science classes, you know, where she just gets rolled over and people don't acknowledge what she does, you know? And so to be with her at a movie where the princess is hardcore brilliant, you know, loves her work, passionate about her work there's no prince there that she's flirting with you know um i i was so incredibly in love with that whole thing everything about it delighted me beyond the telling yeah she's tough to beat she's gonna be great i can't wait to see her talk to other people in the mcu in infinity war oh you know? yeah yeah no she's incredible and i want to see her in everything i don't want there to be a movie that doesn't have shuri in it and she was just so cute. I mean, just her mannerisms, the way she was excited about everything, just so enthusiastic. Oh, yeah. It just, it just made you feel excited for her, for everything that she was discovering that she could do. And then she was able to switch that into a real intensity for the fight scene, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think this is coming back to just how amazing the cast is, that they found this teenage actress who could pull off all of these different shades yeah. to Shuri 
you know. I mean, I'm sure she would prefer not to be on the battlefield, but it's like, hey, I never really get to shoot these. Let's go check it out. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. Sister Kay, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure to talk about this with you. Thank you for having me. It was fun, fun, fun. I love talking about movies and TV. So this was awesome. Oh, that's great. Can you tell everybody listening where they can find you? We are everywhere. You can find us, uh, our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere. Um, go to sisterspeakproductions.com to get a list of all of our podcasts. We have a Facebook group and page, Sister Speak Podcast, and Sister Speak Nation for the group. And we're on Twitter, um, Sister K and at Sister Speak Cast. Okay, fantastic. We will have all of that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Listen Up A-Holes. We'll be back soon as we move into the phase two movies and just all the TV shows. We'll have a schedule up on the website for you to look at soon. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to join in, come find us on Twitter. Lonnie is at Lonnie Diane Rich and I am at Joshua Unruh. And the hashtag is Listen Up A-Holes. Yes, both Chipperish Media and Pulp Diction Productions are entirely supported by listeners like you, and you are our heroes. Show your support by visiting our Patreon pages or leaving a great review on Apple Podcasts to make it easier for more people to find us and join in the conversation. The links to Apple Podcasts and both of our Patreon pages are easy to find right there in the show notes. So until next time, remember, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. Mm -hmm.